When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall, just for what I did well. And there's some stories I can tell you. It is the final word daily. Adam Collins, Jeff Lemon, Lord's Day 4th, uh, Westfield, London, Westfield, Stratford City. Jeff, quite the day for you to have to do the 30 second summary. Have fun with it. 1.30 for two when Australia resumed. Lots of bounces. Kawaja Smith uh, went batted for a long and slow for a while, put on about 50. Kawaja out for 77, Smith out for 35 or 6. Suddenly, top edges are going. Wickets are falling, but they don't go that quickly. Australia put on another 90 or so. So they get to 279. They're 371 in the lead. That should be plenty. Then wickets start to fall quickly. Stark with two. Bang, bang, you might say. Cummins with two. I did. And then uh, a very controversial catch that was not given late in the day, which we'll come back to later in the show. England uh, in a fair bit of trouble. Four for 107. Depends on how you interpret it. Four for 114, they need 257 on the final day, but they've got a partnership going between Duckett that was saved at the last by Maria Rasmus. We're going to come back to that in some detail later on. So he resumes on 50 tomorrow. Ben Stokes, seen this one before, 29 from 66 at start. So he's not three from... What was he, three from 61 three or from, something at Headingley? He was two from 54 balls, I reckon, at one point, <laughs> and then maybe three from, like, 79 balls or something like so that. So they're further from the finish line yeah. than they were at Headingley. But, you know, there yep. are reference points if you want. The very fact that they were, they only passed the mm-hmm. 358 marker on the basis of Nathan Lyon walking down those stairs. In fact, let's go there. Yeah, I, I didn't even get that into my Nathan Lyon, how about Nathan Lyon hobbling down the stairs, yep. Mitchell Stark racing off at the fall of the ninth wicket, assuming it's nine out, all out, when Hazelwood's out. And then seeing his old mate Nathan Lyon, their great friends, Stark and Nathan, and he sees him coming, and it's quite yep. a moving, as Phil Walker described, quite a moving moment when he realised what was actually happening. Lyon had been positioned in the long room. He hobbled down the stairs yep. when Hazelwood walked out, knowing he would get timed out if he had to get the whole way from the viewing room to the ground upon his time to bat. So he waited, and at one point he stood next to Jimmy Anderson, and we'll talk about Jimmy a little bit later I suppose as well it's like two old adversaries they've been playing international cricket against each other for you know over a decade now and there's two you know relatively old men in cricketing terms standing there um, not not far away from the end in Anderson's case a bit yep. longer to go for Lyon but incapacitated with the well yep. they've called it um, strained calf but clearly yep. torn calf and the way he went about it the hook shots the the hobbling down the other end the Ryan Ahmed catch that nearly was from mm-hmm. Stark a stellar piece of T20 fielding from the young sub it was kind of a Oh, it was it was it was a charming, sort of brutal, yep. sort of inspiring passage of play that got Australia to a point where they set 371. Well, it could be you know half a percent chance. Say the calf never came good, and, and Todd Murphy flourished, and, and Anderson <laughs> gets dropped. It could be the fair exit for both of them. I hope it's not. Uh, I yeah. don't think it will. I be. think Lyon will play the first Test regardless next year. But you know, we'll sure. In but the I mean, if if it doesn't, if if you know, you never know with injuries. You haven't had an injury problem like that before. Never had a crash. And so on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm an excellent driver, as Dustin Hoffman said. So, but, but it, it was one of those moments that, that transcended the parochialism. You know, the whole crowd yep. came up to him and they knew he was going to bat because, like you say, he, he was coming down one step at a time, sort of, although, like you would have watched Winnie do this, I reckon, w- yeah. learning to walk 
walk downstairs. Like I did after the half marathon the other week. Yeah. So on my left leg yeah. and going yeah. down on like sideways. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, he knew Josh Hazelwood probably wasn't going to bat for a long time and thus he needed to be ready to go, as he said. And then comes out and it wasn't like they needed runs. You know, they're, they're 350 ahead at this point. But it was about getting whatever they could. It was about making sure they got every last bit of advantage. And I think it was also more about Nathan Lane wanting himself, like wanting to contribute in some way. Like yeah. he would have been so frustrated and so disappointed that he wasn't going to be available to come out sure. and bowl in the fourth innings to try to bowl on the last day. You know, he has that memory from Edgebast in 2019 of bowling Australia to an Ashes test win in England on the last day. He wasn't going to get to do that here. And I reckon he thought, well, you know, bugger if I'm going to let pass an opportunity to contribute in some way if I can. Yeah, I mean, and he's so, always had that attitude, hasn't he? Lyon's been a dogged contributor, yeah. you know, often in really tough circumstances with the bat. All those images of him being the last wicket out in close losses yeah. and, and so on. And yeah, he would have thought, you know what, they're going to bowl short at me because mm -hmm. they're bowling short at everybody. My best shot is the hook shot. I might get one away. And when he did yep. get one away, you're right, the whole crowd rose to him. The England balcony, classy, all of them on the balcony, the support staff standing ovation for Lyon as he trudged off. Stark had to sprint off the field because yep. he had to prepare to bowl and boy did he bowl after tea yep. whereas Lyon well, he sort of went off and then he came back to check on Lyon you okay and yeah, then he ran and then off he sprinted again off. And, and as for Lyon's part he he really took his time to yep. leave the field and it gave everyone a chance yep. for you know one last time in this series he was still faster him. than Manus Labuschagne to get off the field <laughs> <laughs> that, that but was... I mean it was the end of a really odd session so let's go to the middle bit so yep. you've already touched on um, Kawaja and Smith yep. holding out and I think that probably goes to the fact that trying to sustain Ducking and weaving for a really long period of time is not is not easy to do, even sure. for those with the most patience. So I was quite critical of the two shots on commentary, but you know, because they'd done so well to that point, yeah. and we were critical of the England guys for going so early to the hook and the top edges a couple of days ago when we made this show. Well, yep. it wasn't that for Smith and Labuschagne. It was more they were set. They had a um, uh, Smith and um, Kawaja rather yep. they had a method yep. they were ducking everything until they weren't or they were controlling their pull shots yep. straight into the turf as the bowling speeds got slower and the short pitch deliveries yep. got less high well they were also coming over the top of the ball and playing it down it was good and, ju and just picking up singles you know so they were like okay there's a run here to take but I'm not going to try to smash everything to a gap for four I'm yep. not going to try to obliterate everything over deep mid-wicket for six I'll just take the run into the gap take the run there take the run there and so they do put on over 50 this morning. Yeah, 57 they added together. Even though it was slow, they were able to do that. So, like, yes, they get out eventually, but they have left their team in a better position. But what it did do is, I think, is it, I reckon it inspired Stokes to bowl that lengthy spell. We thought he might have, like, a spell in him for the whole yeah. series. He's bowled 12 or 13 on the trot sure. from the nursery end today, running up the hill the extent to which it is up a hill here. Kate Bush. He's the um, Kate Bush of the It's not a hill, team. really. I mean, you know, running, he'd prefer coming down the slope, right, if you're a fast bowler, as Stokes is. Sure. And if he, he could make a deal with God, he'd be like, give me one new knee. That's all Yes, give me one new knee. And I reckon he had a jab in the lunch break. I've no evidence for this, but my, my <laughs> supposition is, because he came on and bowled the first over after lunch. Now, normally you'd think if he was trying to spell his... his Premier bowlers, they would start after lunch, he'd bowl in the middle of the He actually session. came out 10 minutes before the end of the lunch break. Yeah. He was ready to roll. I, yeah. Again, good body language from Stokes. We were a bit critical yeah. the other day of that. He was warming up, yeah. getting ready, setting the message. And, you know, he bowled with Robinson for a really long time. Robinson isn't known for bowling epic spells, but I think he might have bowled nine consecutively. Yeah. And he was bowling very accurately. And the pace that hasn't been there, he's still a tall bloke. They don't get any shorter, as mm -hmm. they say, in footy finals. Uh, and he was getting it to rear up off the length he wanted. And suddenly yeah. it started to work. 
Kerry and sure. Green putting it's not in a actually shift. true. People do get shorter over the course of a day. You're at your tallest <laughs> when you wake up in the morning, and you're at your shortest before oh, you I go. Didn't know that. Yeah, only, you know, by like a mil- couple of millimeters. Yeah. But people yeah. people do change. So a full You'll forward learn- is shorter at the end of the game than they were at the start. <laughs> you learn something new every day on the Final Word Cricket Podcast. But no, my point is, is that this was working, and I just want to zoom out for a minute here. I think this might be a bit of a problem oh, in, yeah. we're about to see in world yeah. cricket. So five for 55 in the middle stanza to finish Australia off. Australia did it a couple of days ago. Um, the Wagnerian, not the merchant um, military force in, in, um, in, in Russia. No, the, the, or, or the fascist uh, composer. Not, not him. Or, you know, it's if Hitler liked Wagner. I'm not sure Wagner was a fascist necessarily. Maybe it's retro. <laughs> He'd be a bit not, careful there. Not fascist, but number one with fascists. Yeah, yeah. Hitler <laughs> loved him, right? That doesn't, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but the point is... <laughs> We, we, we disappeared yeah, um, we down a wormhole again. Point is, is that um, now we've seen it work for a number of countries yeah. in conditions. On surfaces, they have yeah. uh, clearly had some influence in getting, um, which haven't been quick through the series. And I bet you Leeds won't be either. It hasn't been all season. It wasn't last year. Jack Leach yeah. took 10 wickets on a dust bowl there 12 months ago. Um, this is going to be a major part of the series. My big call is I reckon we'll see Gus Atkinson by mm-hmm. the end of the series. Young, quick tall, strapping, bowls good bounces from Surrey. They're going to need support, especially if Mark Wood isn't fit. I'm not saying that he necessarily isn't, but yep. if he's not, um, that might be part of this too. So there, there was a stat going around that said something like, in that middle session, 97% of deliveries were pitching over 11 metres from the stumps. Right, like, in the bowler's half, everything. But there, Poor old Jim, right? Right, but exactly. <laughs> um, who comes on, pitches one up and gets smoked down the ground through mid-off. Well, what by, are you going to do? I mean, you know, this guy's been taking bulk wickets in, in England forever. He's got more than 100 and 15 on this ground. Um, I reckon they've actually negated one of their greatest Absolutely. advantages. They've won every series here Absolutely. since 2001. And in order to give them the surfaces where they can score potentially yeah. at five and over, they've, they've negated their greatest seam weapon. And, yes. and, and, and to an extent, broad too, all they brought is adapting four but wickets today. But they've also done that by batting such a short span of time. So England, yeah. across their innings, they batted, what, 78 overs, 76 overs and 68 overs. Australia have batted, what, 90, 100 and... 10 and, and whatever it was that they got 100, 100 plus though, I reckon they yep. got to 101.5, like so a radio you, station call sign, yeah, 101.5. 101.5. So if you're bowling for England, you get less time off and then you have to come on again and bowl on thankless surfaces. Yeah. Right? And and so you're like, we're going to pick our senior citizen bowlers, but also not give them any time off. It just They're, they're, not, they're setting their bowlers up to fail, basically. And, oh. and so this method of just bang it in, God, it was boring for, for an hour, hour and a half or so through the middle when, when it was just green and carried ducking and weaving and, and, and so many of those bounces were like wild down leg side and way over the head and a few of them got wider but not nearly enough and then they started to focus it in and actually started bowling some better ones towards the end of that period. Yeah but so there's not an awful lot you can do. Yeah. Um, I think there, where there can be tweaks is a stricter interpretation of wides that are bounces. Yep. That, that's one one thing the umpires can Green be more diligent on. a metre over his head. And yeah, they're like, was, no, that's fine. Um, the, 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 the adjudication of what constitutes a bouncer, like the, I saw Robertson bowl five in and over, to me all looked like they were clearly sure. above shoulder height and evidently none of them were. Well, rather, sure. only two could have been because none yeah. of them were no balled. And I suppose, I suppose, I'm not saying I want this to happen, they yep. could go back to the one bouncer rule. Um, they changed that, I reckon, 1994, someone will correct me, hmm. when they went to two in and over after they went back to one. On the, that, that, that could be something they look at. But, yeah, yeah it, uh, look, but it, it, it might it be the start the same, of something here. It was the same when, when Australia bowled. It's the same when England bowled. Sure. And, and it, doesn't, it doesn't make for a great spectacle. Like, you see great spells of short-pitch fast bowling when, when they're accurate, when they're on target. But a lot of this stuff wasn't. It was just about slowing the scoring down, you know. So, and if Anderson retires on Monday morning, yeah, like, fair enough. 
Mm. Like, I'm not saying I want him to, by the way. I'm not pensioning him off. I don't want anyone to, you know, mis mis misconstrue yeah. what I'm saying. But if he arrives at the conclusion that his last three tests against Australia, let's say he was thinking about retiring at the end of the summer anyway, hypothetically. Mm -hmm. He goes, well, my last three tests, probably not going to play at Leeds anyway, back to back. Mm -hmm. My last two, well, maybe, well, actually, we saw a pretty lively track at the Oval and, and, and not a bad one at Manchester last yeah. year. So there might be some incentive there. But if he thinks that, well, you know, the probability of a pitch that suits is so limited that I'm likely to be a nothing more than a battering ram but not even that with the way he bowls then yep. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't begrudge him no and and I'd, I'd love to see him get to bowl with a you know a, a green deck and some juice in the air and the ability yeah. to do something like yep. like what we you know what he's what he's built his body of work around and he had it on morning one I suppose yeah yeah, yeah. And, and 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 bowled better sort of in the second stint the, yep. you know the following the following uh, start of the next innings but Anyway, so then you you reach you come through the Australian innings and yeah okay it's three seventy one it's possible England chased a score like that last year but three of them well not not three, three not yeah three seventy seven three twenty something and, and two eighty something they, they chased yeah there were three on the trot that were four on the trot four sure, were but only one that quite was this high. Big. Yeah, 377 is their greatest chase ever. That was yes. um, Edgbaston. Yes. There was a three twenty or three thirty or maybe a three fifty actually the one at um uh, the one at. Well, 20, Headingley was a 350. I think the other one was a 332 or yeah, thereabouts. It. And there yeah. was a 289. But they were chunky. Uh, you shouldn't diminish what they I'm were. They were, big, they were big chases. I'm saying they yeah. were not as big as the number 371. That is bigger than those other Yeah, ones. one of them was. One of them was yes. bigger. So on that basis, there have been nine run chases in history bigger than 371. It's not something that happens very often. And then... It's Mitchell Stark, right? Like, he's had that innings with Lyon. He, he cracked yep. a six, hit a couple of fours, runs in feeling pretty good with himself, comes out, and he gets... It's almost the, the classic Mitchell Stark thing of, like, a lucky one down the leg side, strays, Crawley catches up with it, nicks it, and then he bowls the absolute unplayable... Well, maybe you could play a straight bat instead of trying to hit it to mid-wicket across the line. Swung like so Pope much. Did. Yeah. But the perfect Mitchell Stark one that, that is sort of on middle, goes to leg, swings back, beats the bat, and just literally knocks middle stump out of the ground. Um... You know, suddenly the place is rocking. Well, he, between times he had Duckett given leg before for a ball that hooped just as far. So he was getting the ball to move through the air in a way we, I suppose, we'll never know if England could get the second new ball moving around through the air because they never took it. Yeah. Um, and they were focused on banging it in. But Stark, new rock, shaping it around the way he's done, as you say. Stark at his best. You know, in my mind's eye, if I think of Mitchell Stark, you know, version 1.0, back to white ball days, 2015 World Cup perhaps, he was able to do that routinely. And it's not been quite a bigger part of the game like a lot of fast bowlers around the world he he prefers maybe the wobble seam more as the mm. natural variation um the kookaburra is never swinging as much as the the dukes but yeah that ball was similar to the one which he took his 300th wicket with uh, at brisbane last year against south africa middle stump cartwheeling such a comprehensive way to get them going um the fact that it was pope as well who can be a busy player he's been important in a couple of those chases yeah it felt very significant and then when Cummins spins around from the nursery end to the pavilion end it's one of the I described just, it at the time as one of the great ashes overs but it's just it's it's just a trademark Cummins intervention late day yep. like we've seen him do it so many times you think about the end of the match at Lahore yeah um, you think about back here in 2019 the ball he bowls to Joe Root that, that you've seen gift 50,000 times <laughs> the the thing that he does, which is which is somehow just produce deliveries of such undeniable quality, and Root gets the one that just 
just comes up at him like a snake. What are you supposed to do? Gloves it into the cordon. It wasn't even glove. I think it hit the bat handle between his gloves, I reckon, on that replay. Yeah. Like, how do you control that? Skews off, Warner takes the catch. And then he bowls the Joe Root ball from yeah. 2019, but this time to Harry Brook, outside of the top of the off stump, angling in cutting away like Brooks playing a bad shot to it but he's probably not keeping it out anyway just dreamy up the slope too which is another part of the difficulty of that and he really gave it big to the Aussie up balcony the as well didn't he you would have loved that you, you got bang bang and up the slope into the same yeah. over uh, maybe into the same piece of commentary I, I don't bet, know I but, but did. I did definitely mention up the slope I might have already gone bang bang <laughs> on the duck at league before and had to wind it back um, if we'd stuck earlier but no the, 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 the balcony something was going on up there they had, mm. they had a plan for Brook or, mm-hmm. or, and he nearly had him caught and bowled in the same over and he hit Joe Root in the same over so you know it was frenetic it yep. was fiery it was Pitch perfect. It's as you say, just what Cummins has made an art form of taking clumps of wickets at important times late in the day. It reminds me of Jason Gillespie at Mm -hmm. his best. You could rely on Jason Gillespie to get a late wicket. Well, Cummins has them reduced to 45 for four, and you're thinking that you know they they are going to be finishing tonight with five or six or more. And the way he was bowling, uh, and then Stokes comes in and things just settle down a wee bit. Then Duckett moves from I think 15 to 43 in about 15 minutes. A slew of boundaries. Yep. The second spells don't go as well as the first spells go. They go to the short pitch attack. It does net them the wicket that wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so it nearly paid off for Australia. We'll see more of that tomorrow, I'm yep. sure. But, you know, th- th- there was that sense in that last half an hour um, that they just needed to get there. But they kept playing their shots. And it was this, you know, this fascinating tussle towards the close. So let's let's try to explain the catch. So Duckett tries to play an uppercut, gets sort of the angled toe of the bat. It somehow goes to fine leg rather than where he's looking through the offside. Stark running around, slides in on his knees, takes the catch well above the ground, puts his hand down on the ground. Now, we've talked a fair bit on the show about low catches in recent weeks, yep. the, uh, the Steve Smith one, the Cameron Green one, and so <laughs> on, where you've got a player who's got control of the ball, and then in going to ground, some part of the ball makes contact with the ground, even though it's firmly held in their hand. So a lot of people are looking at this and saying, well, okay, he's caught the ball well above the ground, he's clearly in control of the ball, he gets both hands to it originally and transfers it to one hand. And yes, that is true, he's controlling the ball. What happens at that point is he puts his hand palm down on the ground with the ball in his hand. So you can look at that and say, yes, he's controlled the ball beforehand, but you, you have to finish the movement that takes you to the point of being able to take the catch. You have to complete that movement. That's how the law is written to be considered in control of your body. If Mitchell Stark goes the other way, if he puts his, his palm facing up, like you see players do, and, and we've all seen this across the years, where players have an elbow hit the ground and the ball jars out of their hands. And we all know that's not out. If you see that happen, nobody, nobody who thinks that that start catch was yeah. out would argue that a ball jarring out of your hand, you say, well, he's already controlled the ball. It's not an Aussie rules mark. The same right. conditions don't apply. You have to control the body as well. If your elbow hits the ground, the ball comes out, not out. So if Stark turns his palm upwards and his elbow hits the ground, there's a risk that he's going to lose the ball. He might have held onto it. He might not. We don't know. What he does is turn his hand around, palm down, and he mitigates the risk. He eliminates the risk of the ball being jarred out of his hand by pressing it against the ground. And that's the reason why it's not out. So I think that decision was correct. I think it can't be considered out because he's avoided the risk of losing the ball by using the ground to do that. Sure, he's in control of it. He's holding it firmly in his hand. And the first two minutes I said, no, that's out. It should be out. And then I thought about it again, watched it back over and thought, no, the correct interpretation is that he's put the ball on the ground when he didn't have to do that. I think I understand the perspective of those who are really frustrated by this. Um, I think you've explained it really well. And I've kind of arrived at a vaguely similar spot, although I don't 
feel quite as effusively about his body not being in control. I get where you're coming from. Um, but it's about completing the movement, yeah, completing no, the action yeah, that and, brings you to the ball. I think that's the, what being in control means. Yeah, the, the other side of it is, is that... If you're mid-air, you're not in control. If you're sliding, you're not in control. Well, yeah, I think the other side of it is, is that once he commences the slide, there's no suggestion he's not controlling his body. Anyway, sure. I digress. The point is, is that people are agitated about this because he's clearly controlled the ball yes. but there's the extra layer of complexity about controlling the body I don't think that's well known enough and maybe the Cameron Green example the other week brushed over that we talked about it at the time and I do feel like Green was in control of his body on that occasion but Harsha Bogle had a different view that he wasn't controlling his body whilst he, he was controlling the ball the and sure. I got that and we you know we thrashed that out on radio and that was sure. fine um, so I, I definitely see where there's two very different interpretations why yeah. it's why, why it's so difficult for Maria Erasmus in the moment what struck me as a little bit odd is that um, it felt to me and I'd be interested to hear um, from the match officials on this that they only considered sending it upstairs once they saw the replay and Stokes spoke to the central umpires mm. I'm not sure whether that's the right sequence of events okay. I mean is it wrong that they see a replay on the ground and then send it up I'm not sure I, I feel like that should be in the gift of the umpire sure, sure. but should it be aided by technology that they're seeing on the screen. I, I yeah. don't know. It, it, or, it's it's grey area for me. Or should it be a third umpire having a word in the ear saying you might want to have another look at this, or you might want? Well, they are talking to them through the. It, yeah. it might be that, by the way. Maria Erasmus might have said to. Um, sure. I think it was Gaffney that sent it up, didn't it? Right. Um, you know, this is this is one to go again on, yep. and, and that might have happened. But if not, because it looks like yep. prima facie, Stokes goes up and says, "That's not out. That's not out." And yeah, they yeah. send it upstairs, and it's sure. given not out. So Which I mean, it's a bad look. Yeah, the debate's going to burble on. I, yeah. I don't think it's as clear cut as the green one the other week where. I felt very strongly that it was a catch for the reasons that we explained at the time. I, I think you've explained it really, really well. Um, but I also am sympathetic to the view about yeah. him having had control of his body before the point where the ball hit the turf. So I think fundamentally, yeah. anyone who's taking a catch, you've seen him do it for years, they turn their hands so that the hand's under the ball to make sure it doesn't make any contact with the turf. That's, yeah. that's catching 101, and Stark didn't do that. But he I think where, it gets, but where that gets confusing and where they might have to think about like you know adding more words to the law sure. is that ball-touching ground... Um, in one breath, let's use green again. Doesn't matter. Ball touching ground in this breath does. Yep. And I know what, I know you're not comparing the two sure. in a sense, but I get why the average punter. And remember, the laws of the game aren't written for um, to get you know they're, they're, they're so that everyday people can understand how the game's to be interpreted by the by the yep. umpires in the middle. That's that's where this gets a little bit challenging, I reckon, and where. After these high-profile instances, and as technology plays a bigger and bigger role in the game, it might be one look. You know. I've spoken to very... In fact, we'll do this in the Hall of Fame. OK. <laughs> Let's come to the final word, Hall of Fame, where we pick our most final word moment of the day, brought to you by Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. Um, what have we got? Well, first of all, I want to say that she and Arnott at Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City, who has been our contact, took a hat-trick today for oh. the first time in 20 years playing club cricket. So that's my immediate Hall of Fame nominee. Well done, Sheehan. That's a real humble brag, though, as well, to be like, oh, yeah, first time in 20 years, as in I have multiple hat-tricks. <laughs> you know. Well, I don't think Sheehan's well, old enough. it's been a while. Uh, my sense is he, he wouldn't be old enough to have taken that in senior cricket. Maybe no. he was, I don't know. But um, yes, yeah. we, we've been talking all week about where you can get dressed up and look nice. Places like Charles Turret, Scopes, um, M&S, John Lewis, NA Menswear, French Eye, um, John Moss, as we talked about the other night. No, not French John eye. Moss. French, John, French Eye for the British guy. <laughs> I think the, uh, John Moss, not that shop, Moss Bros, where Moss, they Moss made my tucks for the wedding and, and all the rest of it. The point is, there are so many options at the biggest shopping centre in Europe to look nice when you dress up, as we both did the other day at the wedding. So why wouldn't you do it? Google London, Stratford City and yep. London Westfield. Get down there, London Westfield. 
London, London Westfield. Westfield, Westfield London. London, Westfield, Stratford City. I'm never going to get that quite That's right. Fine. There's always going to be something wrong. Google it, get down there after the test, make yourself look nice. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. All right, have an ice cream after. You can do that too. Uh, now, Hall of Fame, what are we... I mean, I know we've talked about it, but it's hard to go past the fact that Nathan Lyon actually gets a ball away to the boundary for four. After, I should add, middling about six pull shots straight to the outfield. So they had nine back. They had everyone on the fence. And they were just bowling short saying, hit it to one of these catches. Yeah. And he kept smacking them along the ground on one leg. It's pretty hard to generate any power. Um, and then finally, eventually, they brought up a couple of mid-wickets. And they just had a little bit of a gap at backward square. And he pings that gap perfectly. Mm, mm. Perfect bit of timing. Fielder coming around. Will they make it? Not quite. Um, and, yeah, the, the, the level of support it was it must be the most satisfying boundary of his career yeah not the first time someone's walked down those stairs incapacitated Colin Cowdery face <laughs> West Hall definitely isn't probably thousands of <laughs> no, them no. I mean I, I have <laughs> maybe not those specific stairs but stairs in that long room <laughs> Fred Truman and <laughs> company yeah, um, but, <laughs> John Arlott <laughs> uh, but yeah um, Cowdery in 63 when they had five runs to get in the final over of a test and walked in at number 11 after a tiring hit with the plaster cast on didn't have to face West Hall but the very fact that he um, walked out and did that that that, um, that 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 has lived in the, the memory of many people 60 years on from that I agree it was a great moment for me someone's um, going to do a great injured players 11 tomorrow yes okay. Graham yes. Smith's going to be in absolutely there and, Hannah Mavahari yeah. and uh, Anil Kumble with the broken uh, jaw bowling uh, Ravi Chandwin Ashwin a couple of years ago too um, I, I, just to go back on the catch um, as Hall of Fame entry I saw Ricky Ponting Glenn McGrath and Alistair Cook standing just to our right over yep. here indeed where Mitchell Stark um, slid. Slid, let's go with that rather than caught. He's just behind us here. You might be able to see the, 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 I was the skid marks. marks. <laughs> they technically let's are. Let's show that on video. <laughs> yeah. that, but uh, no, yeah. but they were all, I spoke to all of them and they all had very strong views. And guess which way each of them broke. So, <laughs> and if three people that esteemed in the game yeah. uh, are having, are not sure, uh, uh, having a debate um, about it like that, I think it kind of bolsters my point before that we need to think some more about the law. Sure, it it, it is okay to not be sure, and it's okay yep. to have divergent opinions uh, on these things because laws are open to interpretation and my last thing very quickly it's been a long podcast today what a funny funny old day for twitter to be broken oh yeah there was so much going on as vish said to me before it's like the most memeable day of the series and there was very little opportunity because i don't know if you saw uh, the tweet from the twitter boss but they're limiting it to 600 tweets you can view per day if you're not verified so that's how they're going to get us you can only view 600 tweets per day before you start losing something or another. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's great. That's yeah. ideal. Yeah, great, great idea. Good, real good way to tank your service, you <laughs> maniac loser. Right. Okay, this has been the final word, Ashes Daily. It's been day four from Lords. He's been Adam Collins. I've been Jeff Lemon. If you like what we do, patron.com slash the final word. You can go to that website and view as many posts as you want. No limit on them whatsoever. Um, you can get involved with our very friendly chat community and, and so on. All the things that are going on there. And aside from that, we'll have a day five tomorrow. Westfield, London, Westfield, Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. Good night. Let's Ooh. hope for a thriller. Let's hope for something special. Why not? Good night. I ain't breezing and I ain't George Benson. I ain't protected by the way I ain't fenced. And if my future questions, my current senses, that'll be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran out to empty, wrote this so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it.